Thank you for tuning into the Debbie Devotional Podcast, a monthly show focusing on Debbie prospects, strategies, and incoming rookies. Now here's your host. Welcome back to the Debbie Devotional. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. As always, I am joined by Aaron Wilcox at Aaron Wilcox 86 and we have a very special guest today. We have Brandon at Debbie Deep Dive on Twitter, the host of the Debbie to Dynasty Football Podcast, which is recently changed, I believe. Uh, I believe it was it was something else uh, uh, not too long ago. And then also the creator of the Debbie Dashboard, which is a YouTube uh, series. They're uh, you know showing some of the what what is it? Uh, flim? No, flam? Film? That's what it is. Uh, it's, yeah. it's looking at the film. And uh, sorry, I, I don't know much about that stuff, but yeah. <laughs> we're happy to have you. How are you doing tonight, Brandon? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me on. Love talking, Debbie. Love talking about processes, film watching, ranks. You know, whatever, whatever we talk about tonight. I'm excited. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to get into tonight. We're not really necessarily getting into the players. It's more looking at like the actual <clears> process and, and uh, getting into how to properly rank, whether, uh, you know, you're, you're just trying to learn as an analyst, as a, as a fan, or, you know, you're trying to start creating your own rankings, kind of looking at the important things, whether it's film analytics or whatever. Uh, let me bring on my co-host co-host. How are you doing tonight, Aaron? <laughs> I'm doing well. And you know, this, the topics that we're going to discuss tonight i'm very excited for that so thank you brandon for coming on appreciate it uh fighting through that sickness you have going on right now so uh yeah this is awesome you're here no i I appreciate it let's get started absolutely so why don't you go ahead and uh, and tell us a little bit about the name change and and uh what what all's going on with that just in case people are a little confused about why it's uh debbie to dynasty now (laughs) yeah well it's it's all about timing right my podcast i've um I've done for two and a half years. It was called the Debbie deep dive podcast. And I've been a solo host, you know, for about 127 episodes. Um, So I've always, I never had a guest for 127 episodes, but created my Debbie dashboard, which is a notion product. It's a database that I I sell uh, for yearly access. Um, And uh, you know, through that, I've got the content team and we started creating, you know, my podcast was solely on Debbie, but uh, we've got guys right now doing C2C analytics and as well as Dynasty. So I felt there was a need for a branding change. So just actually this week, I changed it. Um, so previously, it was Debbie Deep Dive. And um, you know now it's Debbie the Dynasty football uh, podcast, which now kind of encompasses everything that we talk about. I'm trying to do a whole kind of uh, complete uh, programming for everyone you know who's involved in C2C and Debbie and stuff. And I got my YouTube channel, which is a primary focus of mine right now. I really love cutting up film. I like providing angles and I've been doing a lot of, uh, I have a new series that I've called out called The Film Room where I'll take a player. Um, like I just did Josh Downs. I just did Will Shipley um, versus Iowa State and the Cheez-It Bowl where I'll take a player's film. And a lot of times it's all 22 film that I have access to. And I'll break down a, a, a player um, in just a specific game and talk about what I see and, and provide something that is not out there. Because when most people say they watch film, they're going to a YouTube channel and watching <laughs> a highlight film. Because really nobody has time. If you're going to watch a player um, have five receptions, let's say, in, on a film, uh, you know, you're scrolling through film and you're, you're trying to find the plays. And that's very time consuming. So a lot of people don't really have the time to do that. So I, that's kind of what my YouTube channel is about is to provide those clips and those, you know, short videos to really help people scout film. Because I, I have found in the Debbie community, a lot of people are enjoying trying to become 
scouts, you know, and I'm no professional. I've never claimed to be a professional. I do this as a hobby, but it's fun. It's a lot. I've educated myself. I feel like pretty well. Um, and, uh, so it's just something I really, I have a passion for. So I'm just trying to help other guys scout and, you know, see the, the real picture. Cause as I say on my dashboard, you have to look beyond the highlights, right? You, you know, you, you can't, the highlight films are great, but you really have to watch all the bad plays too, to find out why they were bad to really get an overview and, and a good feel for a prospect. So I think I, uh, that's kind of what my Debbie dashboard's about. You know, I post uh, films every day on my Slack chat every other day. You know, I just did Tank Bigsby, all 22 film stuff. So it, it's fun. But thank you. Yeah, it's great. I'm ready to talk anything about you want about Debbie. <laughs> I love it. But real quick, Josh Downs is a stud, right? Oh, yeah. Josh Downs is a player. Yep. That's I mean, right. He's got okay. that. I mean, in my book, yeah, he's explosive. He's got good hands. Uh, he's twitchy. Um, he's kind of what the NFL is looking for right now. And um we were talking pre-show about how next year's class has a lot of, he's one of those guys I talked about, Butte, JSN. These guys are all a little bit on the smaller side, right? So we're going to have a nice crop of, again, this smaller, twitchy guys that, you know, have a little bit of burst, explosiveness, space creation ability. Um, so, yeah. yeah, he's a good player. Uh, yeah, he's my boy. I, I, I basically talk about him every pod. Like, I'm obligated at this point like to, to mention his name. So I'm glad you brought him up this time. Uh, yeah. I'm off scot-free. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can so like him. You can like him. <laughs> yes, that's what, that's what I like to hear. I, I do, right. definitely yeah. do not get into the film. Uh, the listeners know that. Uh, but, you know, I was actually going to ask you, you know, do you incorporate analytics into the process at all? Um, obviously, you already touched on it a little bit, whether it's you or, or like, you know, part of your team. Uh, but I, I love the fact that you're you're mixing in a little bit of everything. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I do to a certain degree, but I really still feel as though a player's success, you know, the the analytics to me are predictive measures, right? Um, and that's one of the new podcasts I have on my feed is, you know, predictive, uh, uh, predictive measures of success with Brett Sanders. And he's a numbers guy, right? I call him the number nerd, right? He's one of our contact team, you know, because he loves the numbers, right? Um, and, and I mean nerd in a very nice way, by the way. Um, but yeah, so for me, it, to me, it's all about the skill set. To me, I think what what makes the most what NFL scouts do. Um, I was part of the Sports Illustrated by uh, Sports Illustrated Bible, um, you know, NFL draft team for a while, like a year and a half ago. And the guy that ran that, I specifically asked him when I spoke to him. I said, I mean, you know, you, you do this for a living. You've made a living scouting players. How much of analytics and and early production numbers and breakout, you know, age and and all of that play in a role in NFL scouts out there. Right. And he was saying not a whole lot. It still comes down to the player, the athleticism, you know, the ability to create space. All of that comes first. Cause I mean, like we talked about pre-show just a little bit. I, I really feel as though a lot of players, I mean, every player is in a different situation. So the loving, the, the playing field is not the same. So to base a, a you know, a, a good player on early production he could be on a team that just lacks the other weapons on the team, great quarterback, great offensive line, and, you know, whatever. So I've always leaned film. I look at analytics a little bit, but, I, you know, to me it's all about watching a player's movement skills ability on the field. Yeah, definitely. But I, I love, you know, the point you made earlier about how, you know, you're not watching YouTube highlights, and, and you got to get beyond mm -hmm. that if you ever want to, uh, to really – do anything just like you know i'm not looking at yards per carry and stuff like that i'm i'm diving deep into the the actual metrics that matter uh just like you're not going to watch a youtube highlight and be like i'm a scout you know so you, you gotta yeah, exactly. you gotta do it right <laughs> exactly and and that's kind of what i'm trying to provide with my youtube channel and my database and my slack chat 
You know, I've got over uh, close to 300 guys in there and, you know, I'll post a film and say, hey, here's Tank Bigsby's 18 carries against Kentucky. What do we think? I mean, is he, is, you know, is he good? Do we like him? What do we see? What do we don't? Because, you know, it's just you, you, you want to definitely, you know, get, get watch a player and really see the good and the bad. Yep, Toronto Dave's in the chat. He's he's definitely watching us. <laughs> but uh, you know, Aaron obviously does a little bit of both with the the film and the analytics. But you mm-hmm. know, uh, do you have a similar process, Aaron, or, or how do you uh, how do you go about uh, diving into it? Do you utilize some of Brandon's uh, highlights or, or YouTube film? I should say. Oh yeah, absolutely, I do. And what I'll say is, I think it's very valid if you are using film-based analysis for your primary way of evaluating players, scouting players um, for your fantasy teams. Yes, you should be watching all the plays available. So Brandon does a great job putting out those films. What I oftentimes tell people, you might not have time to break down every game that Will Shipley or whatever the player is played during a season. So use whatever resources are out there. There are great people in this, um, in this field who are putting out rankings, putting out little snippets on Twitter, whatever the case is, but you can watch highlights and see if that really matches up to, let's say the analytical side of things. So if they have just great metrics and the film really, or at least the highlights get you interested in that player, then you can dive a little bit deeper, make Mm -hmm. sure that everything, the fundamentals of that player are really solid. So that's what, that's what I encourage people to do if they're not trying to go all in necessarily on film, but they want to just understand a little bit more of how a player plays, how explosive are they? Uh, because I just tell people, if the, if the highlights don't get you excited, then, I mean, I'm sure that watching the full game tape is probably going to be meh. So start with that. Definitely try to dive all the way in, again, if film is your primary source. But yeah, I, I enjoy both sides when evaluating prospects. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point Aaron brought up is, you know, if you don't like the highlight film, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't like the player because uh, that that's just, that those are the highlights. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's probably a, a good way to look at it. But uh, yeah, that's one thing I, I love about looking at the analytics, looking at the metrics is you know, you get the full story in a couple of seconds. And so, you know, I'm I, I'm uh, strictly analytics because of time constraints, you know, not that I, mm-hmm. not that I think that, you know, people can't be good at film analysis or anything like that. Obviously there's plenty of people that are, um, I just, I don't have time for it. You know, I don't even, I don't even have a chance to watch college football, <laughs> I have a business and kids and all that kind of good stuff. So, sure. you know, I, I can't definitely can't dive into film beyond that. So it's so nice to be able to look at a player and be like, he has a 2.8% uh, big, uh, big run rate, you know, like, yeah, what am I trying to say? Yeah, the big run rate, like over twenty mm-hmm. yards per uh, attempt, and so like I can see he's not explosive. He's not. He's not this like stud player that's gonna get, you know score you a bunch of fantasy points because that's just not who he is. You know, he could be a plotter. He could be a guy that gets two hundred something touches and, and that kind of thing. But he's probably not going to be this amazing NFL workhorse back when it's all mm-hmm. said and done. And so I'm able to see something like that and get a decent idea. And maybe that's the same as as looking at like a YouTube highlight and, st- and thinking I'm getting the same idea, you know, but right. who a player is and that kind of thing. And obviously I dive a lot, you know, deeper than that, but I'm just saying it, it's so nice to get the full picture in a matter of seconds. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I would think of that uh, on the flip side of that more concerned about 
trusting those numbers because there's so many players that have the early breakout. There's so many players that have the early production and all mm. the numbers that we get excited about and don't sniff an NFL field, right? And again, because they're in a different environment that, you know, they're whatever conference they're playing in, you know, big difference between playing in the SEC, you know, versus, you know, the Pac-12 as far as defenses and stuff like that. So that's kind of why I lean film because I, I actually have to visibly see these players, it, it, you know, with my eyes to, to, you know, to make my own judgment for them. Yeah, and I would add too that, I think the context matters because a guy who's not very efficient, let's say yards per carry, or doesn't have a lot of breakaway runs on a really poor offense where the defense keys in consistently on mm -hmm. the running game, they're just not going to have, again, those breakaway plays. They're not going to have a high yards per carry or some other metrics. And usually when you're looking at things analytically, you're able to kind of parse that out. You kind of notice, okay, maybe this offense was just really poor, whatever the case mm -hmm. is. Uh, right. But yeah, there's, there's definitely that context that i like and just to bring one point from earlier um up i really enjoyed your breakdown on um, on youtube brandon about donovan edwards running back from michigan because i was really excited about his highlights and you see like his receiving game for his size it's right. really promising but then i started to look at how he was actually functioning as a three down back as a behind right. or between the tackles every down back and I mean, it doesn't mean he can't develop there, but right now he's quite raw. He's he's going to struggle there until he develops. So I'm in the camp that he will develop, but it's very, uh, very helpful to get that full picture. Yeah, and I think whatever we do, whether it's numbers or film, right, it's all about projection. You have to project something into these players because they're not going to be yeah. drafted for two years, right? So you have to talk about like i just did a podcast i actually have a new co-host jason uh, jason d rienzo of debbie watch and mm -hmm. my podcast that i'll be dropping this week you know we did a film study against parker washington versus marvin mims and will shipley versus braylon allen and we kind of put them each together against each other really looking at at, at the different traits and, and stuff like that and we watched an enormous amount of film to to get that and we talked about these players and what their deficiencies that we felt that they were but knowing that you know will shipley's a freshman he's got two more years to get better coaching he's got two more years to get stronger he's got two more years to get better vision and all of that so especially for those early uh freshman films but donovan edwards you're right aaron in in that case is that he's this high debbie asset right now in the 2024 class as far as a debbie running back but if you really were to watch that film that that you watched, you're watching the lack of vision and space creation and running in, into linebackers and not really trying to you know shimmy his way around them or, or, or whatever. So you have to kind of think and pause. It's like, hmm, okay, well, because you're right. He's you know Twitter has a good way of really pumping up players, right? The echo chamber in Twitter is is quite real. Um, and like you said, you know, John, you don't have time to watch film. And I'm going to say 90% of people out there don't have time to watch film. 90% mm -hmm. of the people out there don't have time to make fancy spreadsheets with all these numbers either. So <laughs> they're depending on guys like me and you, right? For me, maybe for film, you for analytics, Twitter, get some advice, and they create their own ranks. And, you know, it, it, it's, um, you, you take it all in. And as I always say at the end of my podcast and my guys on the Debbie dashboard, you know, it doesn't matter what I think because I'm not in your mind when you've got to click your button on your mouse to <laughs> right. select that player. 
it's all on you. So you can take it, all the information that you want from everybody. But when it comes down to it, you are the one who's making the call and drafting that player, right? So yeah. um, you just take it all in and have fun with it. I do think a lot of people have ridden off Blake Corum just because of his size. I um, understand and, and, that. Yeah, and just given you know Donovan Edwards the, the ball and said, oh, he's going to be the stud now. And don't get me wrong, I have them basically back to back in my rankings. I honestly like I'm I'm not admitting that I or I'm not like saying one's going to be better than the other. I'm admitting that I don't know. <laughs> I just really don't know at this point. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if you watch both of those players, I mean, Corum has more experience. He's going into his junior season. Um, got a lot of experience last year. But, I mean, as far as running the ball vision in between the tackles, it's night and day. I mean, Blake Corum is is so much better. And yep. you know, Donovan Edwards is just a raw prospect. I mean, I say it all the time. To go from high school to to college is, I believe, an enormous jump. And then going from college to the NFL is an enormous jump. You know, we look at all the five stars in the top 15 of each position. Half of them never even sniff our, you know, by their sophomore seasons, they're not even on really the Debbie radar. I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard. Oh, yeah. I just drafted a five-star QB in uh, Sam Heward. <clears throat> and, you know, like, he, he he completely bombed last year. I mean, yeah. it was ugly. So. Yeah, but don't get me started on Debbie quarterbacks because after this year's draft, I am freaking out, man. I'm oh, well, yeah. Look, look, I'm no, this is a C2C draft. Time. Oh, I know this it is. is and it's yeah. the same thing. I mean, <laughs> it's it's like everyone thinks Aller and Klubnik and Wegman, I think that's his name, and, and all these guys – Half of them are going to be bust. They're never going to make it. Yeah. Toronto Dave said, this is fun for me. I'm realizing I'm intrigued by film analysis because I'm so unfamiliar with it, which is cool. This is why we're doing the, the, the yeah, pod and, and have Brandon great. on. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, and we love Toronto there. And then Thomas Tommy T, I find it interesting. Places like Twitter fight about which is better when the NFL screws up on both on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, you know, Twitter, that's what Twitter's for, for fighting yeah. and, and, and being idiotic. So. Yeah. You know what? I don't get involved in any of that. If, you know, I'll never criticize someone's take, you know, because I respect everyone's opinion. If you love sure. somebody, then go for it. It's and, just I mean, a silly and, game we play. And honestly, it sounds like you're trying to provide more of a service than telling people necessarily what, who to draft and, and who to like and that kind of thing. That's right. Because I, I, that is with the niche that I'm trying to build on my YouTube channel is to provide films that nobody else is. So, you know, the, the Debbie community and the scouting community can, you know, have a place where you can see angles that you're not seeing anywhere else. And I'm going to give you my opinion. And I pretty much say at the end of each show, I'm making this for you guys, my viewers, my subscribers, and tell me what you think let's debate it you know on the on the show sheet because i mean i've had plenty of misses you know um so it's just my opinion at the time absolutely tommy uh, also says john is always wrong though baker 2035 uh yeah. he, we we go back and forth about baker mayfield so he he loves yeah. that one fresh start <laughs> for him so. yeah thank god but um so do you actually get into rankings on your website like personally or um, is that something that you've kind of uh, delegated out to to other people or oh no that's what my dashboard's all about um okay it's it's pretty impressive i mean i've got ranks Dave, i've got debbie overall ranks and then i've got ranks baked by class um by class and then by position it's 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 pretty detailed and extensive so um that that's kind of what my Davy dashboard product is. That's what you know I'm I'm putting out there for people to see. And I've got other people who have top 100 lists, and and we do ADP, and it's a fantastic resource 
for anybody who, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys a peeksy after, you know, after the show. I love it. I wonder if that's why Aaron keeps sniping me in this draft. He's checking out your your ranks there. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't oh, like is he? It now. <laughs> nice, nice. He's he sniped me probably about ten times in this draft. <laughs> okay, and, and we're that through happens. what seventeen rounds, so some more than half the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty ugly. Yeah, yeah. Those are the rounds that you, um, you know, you got to really just take the guys that you want, right? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, he's put on he's put on quite a show. Uh, you know, this is my first C to C draft, so I, I really didn't know exactly how to uh, to value everything, value the picks and trades and stuff like that. You yeah. know, it's, it's kind of tough when you're like I, I've been playing Dynasty for a, a long time, and obviously I know how to trade in a startup. But when you're talking about a 45 round startup, you know, people are trying to send you trades using like round yeah. 28 picks and stuff, and it's like, well, I don't even know who the hell's going to be there, right. much less you know, like how do I value that pick? So. It's, yeah. it's just been tough to to really move around. Meanwhile, Aaron's just moving left and right, and and you know making all these all these moves, and he has so many stud players. <laughs> yeah, I, I would recommend anyone doing a C two C draft for the first time. Don't don't trade. Just focus on the players that you think are going to fall to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying. That's basically what I ended up doing. I'm like, I, I'm in the middle. I purposely drafted. I, I picked my pick at 107 right. to be yeah. in the middle so that I wouldn't get caught in a run or anything like that. I could kind of dictate what my team was going to be. And then after the first probably seven rounds when, you know, I was involved in some trade negotiations and stuff, but like nothing, nothing ever really stood out. Like, this is a great trade. I need to take this right now. And, and so I just right. didn't do it. And then after that, I'm like, I'm done. Like I'm, I don't care if somebody sends me an offer or whatever. I'm just going to draft, and so that's what All I've right. been doing. <laughs> hey guys, can you give me one second? I got someone banging on my door. My daughter, just give yeah, me one yeah, second. Yeah, of course, Sorry. of course. Yeah, no problem. Well, <laughs> y- you know, John, I I do respect the stay and put thing, but it's just so fun to go up and get your guy and you know, snatch the hope from somebody else. No, <laughs> now, I will say, you know, obviously when it's all said and done, I'm going to have a little more depth than you. Um, you know. The, whether that actually matters in a 45 uh, roster you know, team or anything like that. But, you know, you, you've made some moves for the future picks and stuff like that. And I, I like, once again, I feel like you've done a masterclass, so it's not, I'm not nitpicking at all. I'm, I'm saying you did great work, but I just think that, uh, you know, when it's all, obviously I'm going to win this year on the campus side, you know, it's just, you're, you're going to be pretty set up for, uh, for the NFL side when it's all said and done. <laughs> all right, guys, sorry about that. I'm back. No, no problem. We were just going back and forth about how he sniped me so many times and how I'm going to beat him this year. But, you know, he's going to – like, he has some studs. If, if he wants to go over some of them, he has – he definitely has some NFL studs that are going to be coming. In fact, including Josh Downs, who we already touched on, who he sniped me the pick before. Come on. And we'll talk about the things maybe on a separate podcast sometime. But my philosophy, too, is, I mean, if I'm trading, trading up to get all these guys who are more known – who are a little bit higher end assets. I I'm fine with that moving back, let's say in the teens, things like that, because I really think that there's not a huge drop off between some of the picks, some of the players available in the teens and the twenties, for example, um, a lot of guys drop, but guys in the first couple of rounds, I mean, sometimes you want to move up for a guy who, you know, is probably right. very good. So yeah, that's just my philosophy. I, I completely agree with you. At that point, you should be doing your research where you kind of, I agree. Like after nine, 10, 11 guys are just taking their guys. They're just taking their favorite guys. And um, I've always said that 
you know, people can look at ADP when they're going into a draft, but if you, if there's guys that you want, I'll take them early. I don't care about ADP because if it's a guy right. that I want and I think, and, 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 cause you, you have to say to yourself, how am I going to feel if I don't get them? And I, and I'm thinking I'm going to wait one more round and someone, you know, snipes them, you know, you're going to have that regret. That's going to be horrible. Right. Yeah, honestly, I I don't even know if I care about ADP after like round two. I don't even know how mm-hmm. like accurate it is because right. I mean there was there was people like there was literally players going <laughs> off the board that are technically like ninth round players in like round three or four or something like that. And I mean, not to say they were all that, of course, but at, at that point, you kind of start ADP starts falling off. And I truly stopped mm-hmm. looking at ADP probably around like round seven. Like at, at that point, it was just like. It doesn't matter. There's picks going off the board like 10 rounds ahead, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's just go get your guys. But, um, you know, he, uh, who were the three guys in the second round that you sniped me? I was naive to think that they were going to fall to me. Once again, I'm at 107. Uh, so coming back around, or no, it was the third round, wasn't it? Um, I'm trying you, to remember now. You don't have to relive this, John. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm torturing myself here. But yeah, it, it was bad. I, I thought, I'm like, okay, well, I, I love three guys here. They will fall to me. Aaron traded up three times and, and drafted all three of them. So <laughs> that did not work out. <laughs> oh, man. But um, so obviously getting back into the rankings and everything, uh, you know, how exactly do you go about, uh, you know, starting your ranking process? Because especially with Debbie purposes, like you said, there's so much projection involved and in, in everything. Um, so what where do you start with your ranking process? Um. I'm pretty simple. I used to do what a lot of people do is they assign a number to a trait, right? And then however the numbers would add up is kind of what their rankings would be. And I used to do that when I was with the uh, Sports Illustrated guys. And I decided to get away from that because if I was like, well, no, I like this player better. I just changed a number and then the player moved up a spot, right? So for me, it's just all about what I see on the field and you know given size i mean when i'm like scouting a player i'm looking for space creation athleticism explosion burst you know that this is from the running back and wide receiver position um and i really don't have a formula i just sit there and look at my you know i i I go by by tiers so i'll rank my guys in tiers of you know, kind of where I think they're going to be drafted based on their skill set. And then within those tiers, I might rank them of what my preference would be if a guy has good size and length, Um, you know, but again, I use that just as a general area because I think there's a lot doing pre-draft ranks, um, you know, is a good exercise to do, but until you really get to the combine, you get landing spots, you get draft capital. There's such significant roles and really the success of these Debbie players. So you, you know, you don't get too hung up on ranks, but it's going to be a film-based rank for me, not really much analytics. And I'm just going to be looking at like a skill set right now of, of what I like about their game and who I think is going to translate best to the NFL. Do you ever get in, I obviously just said you don't really get into the analytic part, uh, but do you ever get into like trying to uh, predict 40 times or like look at uh, 100 meter times or anything from high school? Like, do you do any of that? Not really. I think 40 times are, are overrated because I, I'd much rather have a play speed player 
than a straight line 40 speed. What people have to understand is the combine gives us a lot of great information. I'm more interested in the, like the, the, the vertical jump and, and the three cone stuff, because these guys train for 40 times, you know, it's all about technique, lean and everything. And we've seen some fast guys go to the NFL that just never translate on the field because they don't have the movement skills to get open on their breaks or they're not manipulative and, you know, for a wide receiver or a running back just doesn't have the vision and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, you want somebody, I mean, if somebody runs a four, six as a running back, okay, well that might, you know, not be great. Um, you know, so we have verified numbers and, and stuff like that, but again, it, it comes down to, uh, you know, speed is really, I think more important for a running back, um, to, to really be elite, to have that burst in speed than I think a wide receiver, because I think a wide receiver can create space um physically not it doesn't always have to be speed as cooper cup said you know he ran a very slow 40 but the kid's mm. movement skills and hip turn and explosion out of his brakes is elite and that's where he, he makes his money just you know getting people to you know you know he manipulates him before he even makes his break yeah, absolutely. I was going to bring it, I mean, kind of like a similar situation with David Bell, you know, maybe not to that extent, but, you know, kind mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, slow, slow player, but just dominant, uh, at least at the college level. Jesus, I forgot about David Bell, man. I mean, he's really, <laughs> I mean, honestly, he's really been an afterthought, hasn't he? Yeah. In this, in this whole draft process. I mean, now that I'm, I mean, I'm in Scott Fishbowl, I'm in, and I don't even think I'm seeing him in the ADP and I think we're in round nine or something. I mean, he's, yep. he's definitely buried in there, but you're right. There's a lot of guys and there's a perfect example of a, of a player who had great early production that everyone got excited about early in his Debbie career because he broke out at Purdue and, Oh my God, he had a thousand yards and Rondale Moore was there. He got early breakout age and all that. And then he goes to the combine has like average athleticism, really not a lot of burst and three cones. So is he's not really a super big, he's not a great athletic guy. So good contested catch guy. And he might be a great serviceable wide receiver. You know what I mean? But so again, but you know, we're basing him now not on his early production. We're basing him now on the forty time and his lack of athleticism shown at the combine. And so, I, I really feel like a lot of times doing like early ranks and getting super excited about people, you kind of have to wait for the combine a little bit. Although I think the combine could be like overrated with that straight line speed on forty times. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron, what are you looking for when you're, you're starting your rankings process? Yeah, so I don't necessarily have a numerical um, score like Brandon was talking about there. I don't necessarily have a analytical model. I don't have Beth. Um, that that is John's baby there. Beth is does some great work as far as just blending a whole bunch of predictive analytical <clears throat> measures. But mm -hmm. as far as my process, I start with recruit uh, status. So whether you know five star, four star, where they were in the class, not necessarily weighing anything with that but just information for me to kind of mull over and then also go directly into production so whatever analytical measures just raw stats whatever that player did and then i start getting into athleticism and like brandon said athleticism is not the end-all be-all but it matters to a degree if a guy runs a four seven he's not getting drafted day mm -hmm. one day two um as a wide receiver running back you know it's just not happening so I do look at that. And I also look at some of the things that Brandon talked about space creation. 
what what is their movement ability? So essentially, are are they a versatile player? Are they explosive? What, all those different components. So I, I'm not just looking at speed, but acceleration, lateral agility. Yes. Yep. yep. So those those are some physical things that I'm looking for. And then I kind of go into any negatives about that player. So you got to have all the positives and then weigh the negatives and, and really see, did they project out to be a good asset? And I just kind of go off those combination of things for my rankings. So I get guys into tiers. I like tier based ranking, mm-hmm. but basically to sort them, let's say I'm, I'm really stuck on a couple guys, then maybe I will go back to an analytical measure. Like, is there a guy who just doesn't fit here? Kind of a gross, you know, he just hasn't done much in college. He looks great in a couple of flashes, but he's not a consistent player. And that usually decides the tier. So I, I recently did that for a big group of players and I had to move down Rakeem Jarrett and Marvin Mims just in that tier, just because they weren't quite as, they weren't sticking out compared to the other guys. So that's just a couple of examples of how I go about my ranking process. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. Now, Brandon, uh, uh, you kind of started to touch on it, but uh, do you really try to stick to uh, ranking by class or do you uh, rank by position? Do you mix it all together? How about, uh, how do you go about like with your ranks there? Yeah. I mean, well, in my Debbie dashboard, first and foremost, I have a, a, a overall Debbie positional rank, right? That's mm-hmm. at the top of the dashboard. That's where, you know, all the Debbie, regardless of class. Um, and so I, I start there. That is where I, I begin on. If I was in a draft right now and college football was over, where, where would I draft these players in what order based on the film that I've watched, you know, the, the you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And then through that process, it'll break down the, the classes for me already. So it's kind of automatically done in the, in my dashboard. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I have an overall because when you're in your supplemental drafts, it's different because you're going to just draft that rookie class and you might have a couple free agents, but if you go into a startup, I know a lot of the guys that join my dashboard, they're doing startup C2C leagues mm-hmm. and startup Debbie leagues. They want to see, you know, by class or when, when are you going to swing for Singleton, you know, over a 2023 running back or a 2024 running back. Right. So, um, it's, it's, it's hard and it's all very subjective. Um, so, I mean, really everyone needs to really do their own ranks. They need to, you know, look at other people's information and watch film, watch the numbers and, and really come up with their own, you know, Google sheet of, of ranks. Yeah. And, and I am a big fan of just doing it by class. Let's compare apples to apples. So like mm-hmm. you said, it's hard to compare what's a 2025 quarterback. How is that going to stack up rank wise to a 2023 running back? It is hard it's, and it's subjective. So I might as well lay out the ranks of the classes. I I definitely think it's, it's a great thing for consumers. People love going into a draft. Okay, let me see a top 100. People mm-hmm. love that. And it's helpful, especially if you don't do your own ranks. But it's hard to put out there as far as a an analyst making ranks because it's constantly changing and you modifying that really implicates then your positional rankings and sometimes that can be a bit of a mess. So yeah, I just like breaking it down by position and then doing the tier based ranking involved with that. And then once I get on the clock, then I'm weighing. Well, do I really want to draft, you know, a 23 running back? Kind of compare them at that stage. Um, instead of having one big list of every class combined. 
Yeah, oh. I mean, and the, my dashboard breaks it all down like so many ways. It's probably over detailed where you can click on any page and 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 see that. But you're right. I mean, those are all tough decisions. I mean, you're going to take a swing on a production 2024 guy or are you going to take the 2023 guy who we've already seen two years of tape on that is going to hit my dynasty roster earlier. But man, that 2024 guy, he's looking like he could be exceptional. You know, so those are all yeah. the those are all the tough decisions that we make when we play this game that we love. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like to break it down into tiers, um, you know, with all classes included uh, just because I, I might feel differently the day that I actually enter the draft and I might decide to mm -hmm. go ahead and take that 2024 guy just because, um, you know, and, and just because I feel like, you know, he's a better player and I'll, I'm willing to wait. Whereas, you know, tomorrow I might decide, no, I want to go ahead and get that production now. I think it's a lot easier in an actual Debbie draft. Uh, you know, especially with those tiers, it's so easy to just be like, all right, these guys are good. These guys aren't as good, you know, like that kind of thing. You mm -hmm. start getting into the C to C side, tell you what, it's been an eye opener once again, being my first one. Um, there were some players that I really liked that I had a little bit lower in the ranks just because they were 2024 guys, 2025 guys. And then you start looking at them going off the board and you're like, wait a second, this isn't good. <laughs> well, listen, for all of us Debbie guys, we all want the shiny new toy. Right. I mean, we want to be first with our shiny new toy. And the more, the farther you get into your classes, the 2023 class, we have two years of film. 2024 class, we have one year of film. And 2025 is all projection. And mm -hmm. my, my feeling on high school film is a lot of it looks the same because you're looking at players that are just dominating against other guys that aren't even going to be in, like going to college. Right. So they should look exceptional. So for every year, a player gets farther away from high school. I feel like high school tape becomes more irrelevant. Like for me, I just did my latest, my latest video on YouTube was for Will Shipley. And I don't really care about his high school film anymore. Right. You know, I, I want to watch what he did in, in, in his nine games, he got injured in the season and came back and, you know, played for the last two months. So I took the last game against Iowa State at the Cheez-It Bowl and said, let's see what this kid looks like playing against a, another good quality college, you know, and a lot of guys just don't translate, you know, so. Yeah, so it kind of sounds like you're a little down on, on Shipley, uh, probably more so than most. After watching what I've watched and especially discussing it with Jason DiRienzo, who went to the scouting academy and him and I've had a lot of conversations. We watched like five games of all 22 film on him. Now he was injured last year. Uh, mm. The offensive line was solid. It wasn't like one of the worst offensive lines. I mean, yeah. And I, I came away and we both discussed it on my latest podcast. I've yet to release it on. He hasn't, you know, when I watch these films, I'm looking for wow moments for freshmen. I'm looking for those moments that I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. He just made that guy miss and the burst and the acceleration. That's what we're looking for. Honest to God, I watched four films of his and he looked like a plotter. I mean, who really didn't do anything. So yeah, to answer your question right now, am I concerned that he could be an overvalued debit asset? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to hit the panic button, but now he's in the back of my mind that, boy, I'm going to really take an early look at him you know, midway through next season. And if mm. he doesn't flash with a lot of highlight films and he's still just churning out small yards and running into the back of his offensive lineman, which he did extensively on the films that we watched. Um, yeah. But I think the Debbie community has a, um, a tendency and, 
you know, he's following Travis Etienne, and this is what I talked about on my podcast. I think we we follow into these traps, especially in our supplemental drafts. Is just you know, yeah, he was a high recruit. He's going to Clemson. He's going to get drafted early. That's just what happens. But not all of them pan out just because they follow a great player who ended up going to the NFL, (laughs) and we had three years of great production out of that Clemson running back. Oh, now they've got a five star coming in. I don't know if he was a five star or four star or whatever, but you know, the hype is there. He's the next great Clemson running back. He's high in value. So now I'm looking at it and saying to myself, okay, well, we have a whole year worth of film of this guy. Let's dig in and see what we're looking at. You know, because most people aren't looking at him like right now. They he, they just think he's a top, you right. know, top ten Debbie running back. And after what I saw, hmm, I'm not so sure. Yeah, that's very interesting because I have him outside of my top 12 and uh, I would say that that's not the norm. So uh, I'm definitely picking up uh, analytically something that was very similar things that you, you are. Um, and I, I definitely, we talked about, and it was big time run rate that I was trying to spit out of my mouth earlier t- tonight. Yeah. Um, so like, that's one of the, the metrics that I look at and, and love, you know, and not to say I'm, I'm very much so the person that says, do not use one metric like please don't use a, mm-hmm. a bunch of metrics you know like get the sure. whole story and that kind of thing but right. i definitely do like looking at the big time run rate and uh you know i don't think he has it when it comes to that now like i, I don't you know he's still high up there pretty high up there yeah, and it's only one year he right. was a freshman like there's so much that can happen with will Shipley. absolutely but i just once again like you said most people have them in top 10, maybe even top five. And I just can't quite get behind that. Yeah. It's, what do you think, yeah. Aaron? Are, are we crazy? No, you, you guys are not crazy at all. We could go back to the Donovan Edwards thing. Some similarities there. But at the end of the day, these guys really talented recruits. They do have a lot of athletic upside. Both of them have receiving abilities. They just need to put it together between the tackles. So it's a bit of a projection and Brandon's totally right that the Devi community wants to prop up these 2024 guys because we haven't seen them hit their ceiling yet. They have a potentially very large ceiling, but we don't know. I mean, they could have a crazy low floor too. So there's more risk involved, but the unknown is so tantalizing for so many. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally understand the conundrum there. And going back to maybe a ranking discussion, I noticed that there were some runs of 2025 uh, prospects in our draft. And to kind of get ahead of that, or not even get ahead of that, but to adjust to all the guys flying off the board from, let's say, a given class, or you see a position run too, sometimes you just want to go with the flow and grab a guy while they're still available, even if it is quote-unquote reach. So sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're drafting, rankings, things like that go out the window, and you have to adjust to what your drafting room is is showing. I agree. And I will say... Now, at the point I'm at now, ranking players is very easy because I literally just throw it into a computer and it just spits it out. Um, But you're one of you're one of those guys. Okay, (laughs) but but you know, like you said before, it just it 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 took a lot of time to get to that point. You know, I'm sure definitely. So uh, while. I love the fact that I'm able to stay up until 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever, like working on a spreadsheet and, and doing all that. You're just watching the film in, instead of doing that. So I, I guess, you know, I was kind of lying earlier when I said I don't have enough time. I guess it's just what you want to dedicate your time to. Yeah, exactly. It's what you want to say. <laughs> You're a numbers guy. I'm a film guy, and that's cool. I mean, they, look, it, it gets you excited, and I, what I do gets me excited. So it's good stuff. 
Yeah, but now it you know it spits it out and it says that Will Shipley is not in the top ten, and I go okay. And I always like to look. I don't just trust it just to trust it. There's definitely errors that can be made. So um, you know, I go in and I look at it, and, and then most of the time, it, okay, this looks accurate. You know, it makes a lot of sense. And Shipley's kind of one of those. And what I mean. So I, I kind of do like micro tiers at the top, especially. And in my rankings right now, Will Shipley is in tier five um, for, for running backs. So, you know, it might sound crazy, but I mean, there's probably, you know, like there, there's only like two or three guys per tier, like that kind of thing. So it, right. it, it, it's it's more like these are the guys that I truly think are going to be studs, like your Bijan, your Travion Henderson, you know, whoever, right. you know, these are the guys that that could be a stud, like a Braylon Allen, uh, somebody like that, you know, like could be a stud, but still has some questions that you have to answer. And then you start getting into other guys like a, a Devin, a Kane or, a, a, you know, a, De- a Will Shipley or, you know, somebody like that. And that's when it's yeah, like, okay, it's all based on a projection, quite. right? I mean, yeah. a lot of football left to be played. Exactly. I, but you know, I, I love all the ranking talk and everything, but you know, the whole reason why we're here is because we all love Debbie. We all love, uh, you know, yeah playing it and everything but do you have any kind of uh, of advice for anyone that's trying to get into debbie or trying to get better at debbie or whatever it might be yeah well i mean i don't know if you guys were aware i did a debbie summit back in may if you saw any of that it was a mm-hmm. big event that i held um it was a six hour live feed event i had a bunch of great you know guests and, and, and i do remember like that. seeing that now yeah 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 and it was really to introduce the game of debbie it was all about we had we had 30 minute segments of um you know talking about how to get into debbie and and whatever and i think there's a lot of misconceptions on debbie a lot of people think the first thing that they think of is i don't watch college football you know it, and i don't have a, a lot of it takes up too much time right so my my suggestion and i've I've said this in the past to other people who have asked me the same question if you have an interest in debbie if you're in dynasty leagues and you understand what the concept of debbie is which is 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 a short term for a developmental player that you're going to put on your taxi squad on a dynasty roster i would suggest that if you have an interest in it is to you know and you assume you got to play dynasty, I think, before you can really play Debbie, right? So, assuming this conversation and answering your question is about a Debbie Lee, a dynasty league, is to get your other teammates and say, hey, who's, who's interested? Um, I've done this with two or three leagues in the last two or three years where I've had uh, basically dynasty leagues with uh, just rookie drafts. And we've added uh, one or two round Debbie league or Debbie draft after our rookie draft. And now all of a sudden you're in a Debbie league. I mean, that is how simple it is. You don't have to watch college football to play Debbie. There's resources out there like I provide that are out there to give you the lists when you get into your Debbie drafts. It's, um, you know, so if you have an interest in it, you can find Debbie, you know, leagues that are out there that are looking in a startup Debbie league, but Again, I think you can convert any dynasty league into a Debbie league. And that's how I would, um, you know, if you, like I said, if your co-owners in the league are interested and you all want to play a Debbie league, you can simply convert that what you have. And if not, you know, you can find startups out there that have Debbie leagues. But I would always recommend for me, listen, I've gone from a two round Debbie draft after a rookie draft to a C2C, which is a 45, you know, roster college, right? And I have found my sweet spot of what I like the best. I respect all of them and all, you know, the, the, the small Debbie leagues and the C2Cs. What I find to be the most, uh, what I like is having a two or three round Debbie draft. 
because it makes the rookie draft more relevant. That's the bad thing about C2C leagues is the rookie drafts are meaningless because there's nobody to pick. Right. right. So the less Debbie, the less Debbie players that you have on your taxi squads, I like having a rookie draft with at least three rounds of players that I'm excited to get my hands on. Right. Because rookie drafts that just suck because there's like nobody there kind of isn't a whole lot of fun. So I like to have my cake and eat it too. Cause I like both the rookie drafts and the, and the Debbie drafts. Um, so I would recommend, you know, that is how you get started. Yeah, I love the fact that, you know, like you said, you're not going to go to to your best friend that, that's only ever played redraft and be like, hey, let's join this Debbie League, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of thing. So having that dynasty background definitely makes a, a lot more sense and, For sure. and everything. But, you know, it's like it was just like me. I, I got into dynasty. You know, I loved it. And then I feel like the, the next step is is getting into a Debbie League. You want to get better at rookie evals, which is basically what I wanted to do. Like I. I wasn't. That's why I created the model. I was bad at rookie vows because I I didn't watch college football and I listened to people that maybe weren't giving me the best advice and that's you know like I was I was making I was making some bad choices and so I finally got sick of it and just said hey I'm gonna create my own ranks and then you know that became all of this um, you know now I have a Debbie pod <laughs> you know I, I, I still right. don't watch college football but yet I sit here and talk about Debbie yeah <laughs> it's, it's... well you're not alone with guys that do that that are just all about numbers so I respect that. All right, so Toronto Dave actually wants us to explain a Debbie draft to him like he's five, because uh, I'm, I'm sure there's you know some people out there that maybe don't quite understand. You know, you still have a rookie draft, you know, on top of everything else. Um, Aaron, Brandon, whoever wants to discuss it. Uh, well, I'll certainly discuss it. A Debbie draft is no different than a rookie draft as far as the process. Um, it could either be a snake or it's typically not a snake in a Debbie league. It's usually you know, goes one to 10, 12, then go back to one again. Um, And you're basically picking college players who are ineligible to participate on your dynasty rosters and they are on a taxi squad. So, um, you know, for example, so if you had a Debbie draft this year, you would be taking Bryce Young, you would be taking CJ Stroud or Bajon Robinson, and you'd be putting them on your NFL taxi squad waiting for next year. Another great thing about playing in the Debbie league is the NFL draft is even better because it can be so much fun having Bajan Robinson already on your roster and knowing that he's going to be a stud in the NFL and you just are on the edge of your seat waiting to see where he gets drafted. It can be heartbreak as well when he goes to like a <laughs> shitty landing spot too. So, um, but so a Debbie draft in, in, in a lot of the leagues that I kind of described earlier, we would have a rookie draft you know, shortly after the, the NFL draft. And then I usually wait for a Debbie draft in the summertime just to extend the fun, something to look forward to, where then you would do a two or three round Debbie draft. If you have 10 guys in your league, it's a 10 round, you know, it's a 10 person, you know, 10 slots per round, however many Debbie slots you have, it, whether it's one, two or three. Um, and it's just simply a draft, just like a rookie draft, but you're drafting college players for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron, uh, I haven't heard enough of your voice tonight, so I want to hear from you, buddy. uh, Dave's also asking, like, how does it work with the actual rookie draft, you know, going forward? Like, once you're in year one, year two, like that kind of thing, you know, um, obviously there's some leagues that do it a little differently. But, you know, why don't you go ahead and talk about your experiences at least? Yeah, well, at least my experience, I started with very similar to you guys, Dynasty, then I gravitated towards Debbie. I just wanted more. Loved scouting these guys, so might as well just draft them while they're still in college. And then C to C, which is 
you know, a whole nother level of, you know, drafting guys and then actually starting them on the college side while having your, your dynasty, your NFL side, um, as a separate roster. And I like the opportunity to win two championships in one season. Um, uh, it's fun. Uh, you're really king of the hill then, but yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a super fun <clears throat> process. Um, I guess to chime in on, you know, the advice for people though, from my experience, it's just pay attention to news, pay attention to the changing things. Um, I'm not going to roast Levi, one of our league mates, uh, but John and I were just chatting with him. And it was like he drafted a guy who, you know, he's had success in the past, but the new coaching staff doesn't necessarily love him. And that's just, that's what I mean about just really trying to pay attention to news. Not saying that Levi, for example, didn't do that, but that'll get you a little bit of an edge um, for some people who are just drafting based on, you know, recruit ranking or last year's rankings, whatever the case is. So find good resources you trust as well, like Debbie Dashboard, uh, websites, C2C, uh, Campus Academy is a great resource. Um, there's just a lot of talented podcasts out there to check out. Um, find people that you trust, ask them, and you will be able to slowly get started in this uh, landscape of Debbie and C2C. Yeah, I get reached out on Twitter all the time guys reach out to me all the time. How do I get started? You know, will you help me with my draft? And I'm like, absolutely. I love it's provided so much enjoyment for me. I'm going to. It is great. I love it when people reach, reach out, like you said, and, and all that. And and you heard it here first, Levi done messed up. Uh, You made the wrong pick, dude. Sorry about your luck. (laughs) I I, I feel so bad. No, he'll enjoy this. He's a listener as well. But um, all right, Brandon, this has been awesome. We, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of great talks here, and I, I think we answered all of Toronto Dave's questions. Uh, you know, I, did you guys touch on like the actual rookie drafts? Uh, basically, it's it, they call it a Debbie depleted rookie draft, uh, where you know they're basically they're all those players that have already been picked on your Debbie squad are no longer available in the rookie draft, but there's still players that squeak through like a Jameson Williams, um, mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, even Joe Burrow, you know, at one point was probably somebody that, that squeaked through in some drafts and stuff like that. So there's still players that can be had. It's just not nearly as exciting because there's the obvious players like a Brees Hall or Bijan Robinson or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, uh, those players are, are already going to be on teams, but it doesn't, Usually, you know, you can still get some players, uh, but yeah, definitely, you're not going to be picking too many fifth round picks. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. But Brandon, uh, like I said, we, we've touched on a couple players here. Uh, you know, you might go ahead and just answer Josh Downs and Will Shipley here. But you know, uh, who would you consider in all of Debbie right now as some of your buys and sells? You don't have to get crazy into it, but just a couple. Well, I've got a crazy one that. I did on it. I put out a YouTube show, I don't know, a month ago with my good buddy, Corey Pereira, who's part of my dashboard content team that we did a buys and sell show. So I guess I'll, you know, talk about the one guy that I had and I'm very interested because uh, I'm interested to hear what your guys thought process is on this. Um, I had to sell as Bryce Young. All right. Now, most people are going to think I'm insane um, because <laughs> he's going to be arguably the QB one or possibly two in next year's draft. Um, and again, looking at the film, he seems to be a great passer. You know, you know, I don't think he has elite arm talent by any means, but I'm just concerned about his size. Um, he's six foot, 193 pounds. 
Um, the latest quarterback right now in the NFL is Kyler Murray at 207, but he's two inches shorter than what Bryce Young is at six foot. I think Bryce Young is also going to come in at under six feet. So I guess my question is, again, trying to think for myself, not just going with the herd. Um, I'm concerned as he got the, I mean, he could be the best passer and the best, you know, guy in between the ears and best teammate, you know, franchise, uh, you know, you know, leader out there. But does he have the physical ability to withstand getting slammed to the turf at 193 pounds? I mean, I think it's a legitimate concern. Obviously, I'm on an yeah. island all by myself because there isn't a player out there and an analyst and an NFL analyst out there that is even questioning his size. But yet, if you look at the NFL, there hasn't been any quarterbacks that have been successful under 200 pounds from what I can see in my research. And I mean, yeah. he just weighed he just weighed in at Alabama at 193 pounds. Oh, just so, just recently, <laughs> just recently. So this isn't something like from last fall or, you know, right. or something like that. What are your guys opinion on that? What do you what do you what are your thoughts? I mean, is there should be some concern at all? Or are we just going to just because he plays for Alabama and he's the Heisman Trophy winner? Are we just going to forget about all of that and just, you know, I don't know. I'd love to hear your opinion. Well, first, I, I love the contrarian thought. You know, it's it's great to think about uh, because there's, you know, if you're just looking at the metrics, it's dude's a stud. You know, like mm-hmm. there's there's not too many things that are going to stand out and say right. that Bryce Young is bad. Um, but I don't I try not to get into size concerns with like wide receivers. You know, we're once again getting back to Josh Downs. I don't care that he's 175 pounds. I just it really doesn't bother me at all. But with the QB. Being under 200 pounds is definitely not ideal. And, I mean, I guess I would kind of hope or assume that he would be 200 pounds at some point. But even then, you're, you know, you're barely crossing a threshold. Uh, so I don't hate questioning it. Um, but, man, it, it's going to be tough looking at these numbers and, and just being like, I, oh, I'm out just because of his size. It's, it's well, really going to be tough. And I get it. Listen, and this is where I'm just trying to think logically, right? I have many shares of Bryce, Bryce Young. You know, I'm in many leagues. I've actually sold him for NFL talent. I sold him recently for uh, J, uh, Dobbins, uh, Gasecki, and um, Sutton, and a first round 2023 pick. I sold Bryce Young for. That's actually not bad. I, don't, so, I really don't which, mind that. <laughs> which I feel like, okay, I got three NFL assets that I know we're going to produce, and I got the number one, you know, pick for him i mean that's what this guy's value is right so if you're going to play the value game in debbie and especially after this year seeing the quarterback collapse you know we were you know sam howell was propped up um you know matt, matt corral everyone yeah. thought was a top 10 guy you know malik willis was like the second pick in the draft for at least a couple months before the <laughs> process and we saw what happened i'm just wondering in in january are we going to all of a sudden our questions going to start being asked like wow okay well yeah he's been really productive but man um I wonder if that size is really going to be something he can withstand because let's not forget too in Bama, he's had a nice clean pocket for a long time. He's playing behind the best offensive line. He gets drafted by a shitty team with a bad line running for his life. We'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, I will say like, you know, people hated on, on Mac Jones, uh, you know, Bryce Young doesn't even necessarily have Mac Jones numbers, you know, in the same offense. And so I, 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 I get the concerns. I definitely get it. But, you know, at the same time, I feel like 
if he was a rushing QB, maybe I'd be a little more concerned about it. But I mean, dude does not run. So, uh, you know, if he can get behind a good offensive line, but I guess your concerns might be more that the NFL is just like, yeah, we're out. And then at that point, you've kind of lost some value. And, you know, taking a, a draft or a trade like you did, you know, where you got multiple actual NFL pieces and, you know, a future depleted first, but still like you're, you're getting some, some nice uh, NFL stuff that, you know, that are already fairly proven at that point you know I, I like i like that trade a lot but you know and that doesn't mean that you'll be right you know young could come out and be a complete stud and you're gonna be like well maybe be. i shouldn't trade them for four pieces yeah. but <laughs> but you know but but also in, in in those leagues where i sold young i bar i'm already stacked at quarterback and i have like khalib williams on two of my debbie rosters right so i i've got not only am I already great at at you know i had i had the ability i could afford him now if i was in a league that i didn't I was like depleted heavy. I probably wouldn't have done that. And I would just have rolled my, you know, rolled the dice with him. Now, have you dropped Bryce like substantially in your ranks? Uh, no, no, because I think the, the Debbie quarterback position is in complete shambles. I think it's all based on projection. I think there's probably three or four guys maybe that we can trust that is going to end up currently being NFL guys. But I think, all of the rest of them, whether it's Anthony Richardson or Van Dyke or Will Levis or, you know, the list goes on and on. Jackson Dart, he's a Debbie darling right now. Nobody knows if he's going to pan out or not. You know, he was just a five-star recruit that, you know, looked good, played at USC for a year, flashed a little bit. Everyone was out on Cobus, so every uh, Slovis rather. So everyone was excited to get Jackson Dart. He flashed a little bit. He looked pretty good, you know. But he hasn't done anything to warrant being this Debbie QB asset. So in Debbie, all, pretty much I'm fading quarterbacks, just especially after this year, because I think we're 80% of them aren't going to make it. I mean, the most we get are two or three quarterbacks a year at most. So why spend time? I'm not even like watching film on quarterbacks. I'm not wasting any time doing that. I'm going to focus on running backs and wide receivers and see if I can't find those mid those mid and, and late gems by f- watching film on those players. Yeah. I think that those are good opinions, Brandon. And honestly, that probably counts as your sell high, right? All, all these quarterbacks like Dart and whatnot, who are yeah. just not very proven. And I, I will say, I just drafted Bryce Young in this startup that John and I are doing, but he just skipped it. I skipped Bryce Young and yeah. let him call to him the next pick. <laughs> there you, there yeah. you go, John. Good job, John. I yeah. took Jameer Gibbs, and I, although I, I will say that the QB scoring in this league is a little funky, but uh, but I did, I definitely considered taking him, but I did let him fall to uh, Aaron at eight. <laughs> Absolutely, and eight. You know, I thought that was a value at that point. I wasn't going to take him at two, three, four overall by any means. So right, uh, but ultimately we have seen guys succeed guys have paved the way these shorter dudes russell wilson 511 kyler murray 510 barely 200 pounds so the nfl will be willing to you know play Take a shot back oh yeah absolutely right, right. absolutely so. i mean listen the nfl i mean you know goodell and all these guys they they i i've, I've said it a million times i just can't believe we can't find 32 people in this world that can play this position at a high level i mean that just tells you i mean we got, you know, Mariota for Christ's sake, starting, uh, you know, for an NFL franchise. I mean, that's how dismal the, the the quarterback situation is in the NFL. I mean, you've got your top seven, eight guys who are elite that they, you know, they market the league around. But I'm, t- I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think half the teams in the NFL wish they had a different quarterback option than what they currently have. 
So yeah, yes, I, you're, you're right. So you're absolutely right, Aaron. They're going to take a shot and say like, yeah, he's skinny. You look at him, he's built, not very strong. I mean, you just, he was doing an interview and he looked very small, you know? So I don't know how that is going to work, but teams will take a shot because they're just, you know, but I, I don't know. Maybe I can't say that because they didn't freaking draft any quarterbacks until the third round this past year. So maybe they're getting smart yeah. and saying, you know what, we're fading the whole position and we're going to go with a retread. So could could be i think alabama just teams seem to buy in especially recently with their quarterbacks so we'll see yeah, for sure yeah no, i'm being that i'm newer to the whole Devi and college football thing and you know I, I can't really compare it to you know how i felt about uh qb classes in the past and, and things because i wasn't ranking you know projecting and doing all that kind of stuff so it, it was really it's really tough for me to go back and say like what it could have been but i definitely agree with you for me it's two clear top guys you know whether you you know agree that that Bryce should be up there because of size concerns or or not, but like play wise, it's two clear top guys, and then man, it, it gets really really ugly quick after that. I mean, there's a couple guys that I like. You would mention a couple of them, um, but definitely not Jackson Dart. Get the hell out of here with Jackson Dart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is kind of what happens. You know, there it's the it's the Twitter echo chamber. You know, and I'm not criticizing it because I'm part of it, but that's why. You know, there's a lot of players that get propped up because, you know, people don't want to be the, you know, I have no problem thinking for myself. I think a lot of people don't have the confidence to, you know, take the bold take. They just want to kind of follow along with, you know, what the perceived, you know, what they should be doing versus really taking a look at it and making your own decision. Yeah. And I mean, I, I definitely try to be that voice. You know, I, I'm not quite there as far as being a big voice yet, but, you know, trying to get there when I, I've been all out on Tank Bigsby, you know, I'm talking about Will Shipley's out of my top 12. You know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to be that yeah. guy, you know, not be the echo chamber. Uh, you know, I just I don't know. Like, it's fun. It's actually fun to me because you're you know, like I'm, I'm trying to say, like, I'm trying to be out on these guys before, you know, before we get to the NFL, because once the draft happens or the combine happens, you're screwed. You have an Isaiah Spiller that you thought was going to be the stud running back. Yep. And, uh, and next thing you know, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to be out before that. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we have to, we can't lose sight of the fact that only the elite make it right. I mean, so, you know, 80% of these guys that we're watching and, and all these deep lists and, 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 and all that stuff, yeah, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to really, you know, watch their film. All right. In Toronto, Dave, have one more question. Sorry, just to clarify, a Debbie draft this year would be classes 2023 through 25. That is correct for like a startup. Um, yep. You know, there, there's different things as far as supplemental drafts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, if you're getting into a startup, whether it was Debbie or C2C, those would be the, the classes. Some let you get into like high school players and stuff like that. But uh, at least the leagues that I'm in, it's strictly 2023 through 2025. Yeah, I got one of those crazy high school leagues. So, you know. Do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't I, I tried doing that. Actually, I created a high school uh quarterback model and I didn't want to do it for the other ones cuz I just, you know, QB's a, a much uh, you know, more important position and so I was just mm -hmm. like, "Oh, screw it." And I actually worked with uh, Katie Flower. I, I don't know if you really know her or not, but Oh um, yeah, she's always on my Slack chat, yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh she obviously is more film based as well, but she wanted to work with me and try and figure out if we could like nailed down some of these uh, high school QBs coming out and these recruits. And so I went through and I created a whole model and I did all of it and I felt pretty good about it. And then I kind of went back and looked like once I knew a little bit more about 
college and and like had tweaked the model and stuff like that and i realized it was crap <laughs> there's there really wasn't much to it and i think yeah. kind of lends to what you're talking about before like there's no way like i can tell you a player playing in the sec in college is is pro- like and is a stud is probably pretty good a player playing at the mountain whack and is good you know is probably decent you know like, or, or whatever right. not right. not great i can't tell you that with high school like maybe there's a way to find out exactly like how good these divisions are and all that kind of stuff but yeah. i've never really gotten to that point of knowing so it's so difficult yeah, yeah it I, looks I, like oh sorry ahead, i'm sorry <laughs> i was gonna say it looks like aaron wants to chime in yeah no i was just gonna say you've perfectly led into one of the things that I, I was gonna bring up tonight it's like there's two areas that i particularly think that film is important for i mean it's important overall and especially if you enjoy it but incoming freshmen we just don't know enough based on high school prediction like you said the quarterback play the systems all those things i mean you just can't go off production uh for some of these high school guys so very important to have some sort of film analysis on them and then some guys who you just don't see them produce like guys who are stuck at alabama and various reasons why they haven't really done much yet uh, or there's, you know, Ohio State receivers, Jamison Williams. I mean, you know, nobody thought he was good besides probably the people who were actually watching him coming into college, things like that. Those were the people who were in on Jamison Williams, but he was stuck two years behind super talented guys at Ohio State. So I really think that those are two areas, the incoming freshmen and the guys who are either been injured or just stuck behind talent um, where film analysis is particularly effective for. Yeah, I mean, he's a perfect example. He was my wide receiver one, you know, heading into the draft. Well, Jamison Williams, based solely on film, on his speed with the ball in his hands, you know, didn't have the breast. You know, one thing I'm concerned about is his physicality facing press. But other than that, I thought he was a dynamic player. Um, But you're absolutely right. The perfect example of a guy who had no early production, you know, and everyone questioned, well, how can you have him as your number one? He he, he couldn't beat out the Ohio State wide receivers. Like, well, look at the Ohio State wide receivers. It's not like you're telling me this against Oregon or something, right? I mean, right. You know, so it's in context, but that's a that's a good point, Aaron. Yeah, and and that is great, and I definitely try to pick up on uh, small samples, and you know, like like a Jameson Williams, like even though he didn't have a lot at Ohio State when he was when he was at Ohio state, like he did well when he was on the field, he just didn't have a lot of opportunity to do much. So I do try to pick up on, on some small sample sizes, but then you can get, you can get in trouble by doing that as well. When you're just looking at metrics and small samples. (laughs) So like, I try not to be too crazy with it, but you know, that there's definitely parts, especially I would, uh, I would assume high school film, you know, where the film is probably going to be the best way to look at it because I can't, I can't differentiate, at least as is, between this high school player and this high school player if this guy was playing against the best defenders and this guy was playing against scrubs. You know, like, I can't tell you that. Yeah, see, so what, when I watch high school film, I'm just looking for movement skills. I'm looking for a running back who can, you know, dead leg and, and pivot and reaccelerate and, you know, or is a high school film just a bunch of guys, you know, running through open lanes, just outrunning everyone. Right. So I think it's kind of the same thing with wide. Yeah. So it's everything kind of, you know, even with the wide receiver, it's the same thing. I mean, is he just not ever facing press and just running and he's faster and bigger and stronger than everybody else? And he's got these highlight reel tapes, or is he, you know, you know, the, the, 
the stop routes and the you know the in route breaking routes is he have technique and is he a little maybe a more advanced than the other players so it's all about movement skills that i look for in in film you know individual traits per position yeah i like that just seeing if they even have the the capability of kind of taking that next step mm-hmm. um, not necessarily like who they are as a player right now but can they are, are they ready to take that next step? Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to just mention that I think is really important for all of us to remember, whether you're a film guy, whether you're uh, a numbers guy, is that I have this saying that intangibles matter, right? And what what we don't know is is in scouting or even looking at numbers or whatever is what the makeup is of these individuals, you know? And so much goes into the success of being a successful football player more than just physical traits and athleticism you need to have the dedication to to work out you i mean i would imagine that there's probably a lot of players that went to the nfl thinking that they were the shit and that they could get away with maybe you know working out lifting weights doing whatever you know getting in the film room with their coaches but they were so much better in college and they go to the nfl and learn a hard lesson that there are other guys that could be less talented than them but man, they outwork their ass over and over again. And they're the ones that are going to end up sticking on the team and getting on the field because they work at their craft and they just, they live and breathe football. So those intangibles about what these players are, how dedicated they are and all of that stuff. Us, we don't know any of that, especially for the quarterback position. It's all in between the ears. I personally think Mac Jones is going to end up being the best quarterback out of that class. Now that's a, could be a hot take or not, and I don't care about the, that he can't run and all that stuff. All the best quarterbacks, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, they think they had the mental processing to sling the ball and get it to where it needed to be on time. And you know, but I think in the Debbie community we get all hung up on oh well, from fantasy it doesn't bring the rushing yards, this that and the other. But it's just an opinion. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. It, it is hard to really have any idea what the intangibles are there was a guy Mm -hmm. on twitter last season who tried to break down the give every wide receiver an intangible grade and it's just like how do you do that i i don't yeah right so i I think that's the missing piece of the puzzle in our evaluation that's why all of our models all of our evaluation will have its misses and we just all need to realize that for sure yeah yeah we got to realize first and foremost that this is just a hobby that's for fun right we can't really take it all that seriously. Yep. Yep. Hard to perfect it. That's for sure. Sorry. I'm yelling at my kids on camera, but (laughs) uh, I told them to go to bed and yet they are still up. I, yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I I love all of it. It, it, It's been a a ton of fun and definitely a learning experience. Uh, I also love me some Mac Jones. Uh, Toronto Dave is uh, is in agreement as well, uh, I, and it definitely would not surprise me. I, I was very high on Mac uh, going into the process. That was kind of when I first started my uh, my first model was was you know that class, mm-hmm. and then uh, but then I started getting the Devi stuff. But I included Mac Jones Devi numbers into uh, the Devi model just to keep an eye on like who compares to him and like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's good what, stuff. Max That's pretty high. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty, pretty high. And uh, there, there's not too many players that, that, you know, compare or, you know, around that. I also left, well, not a name that we want to talk about right now. I left Deshaun Watson in there. And then, uh, you know, there's a couple other players that I left in there just to try and like be able to compare tiers and, and things like that. But 
Yeah, I'm going to go on record. If that if that guy doesn't get at least what Ridley got for putting a thousand dollar bet out, I know they're making an example out of Ridley because they want to just kibosh that that whole betting in NFL. They don't want to go down that road. But for for all the stuff that Deshaun Watson, you know, oh, yeah. you know, if there's smoke, there's fire, and he should at least be suspended. The NFL needs to, to to have some class. I mean, kids look up to these players as role models. And I know it's about money. Everything in life's about money. I get it. I'm not stupid, but that man should be sitting out at least a year for for what he did. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Uh, we've already touched on it a little bit, but why don't you go ahead and tell us, Brandon, you know, where everyone can find you, what you're up to, if you're like have any like uh, particular projects. Obviously, you just had the brand change and, and all that, but uh, what all is going down? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Debbie Deep Dive. If you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for a resource to, um, you know, get rankings, get ADP, do mock drafts, get all 22 films dropped in your, you know, in the Slack chat every, you know, few days a week, um, you know, reach out to me and I'll tell you all about it. All I ask is you buy me a case of beer for a year and I do my best film work when I'm drinking. So, um, yeah, and that's good on my YouTube channel. And John, you're the perfect kind of guy that I want you to start watching my videos because I know you can find 11 minutes to watch the Will Shipley film and <laughs> look at what I'm saying and look for yourself so you can start to, you know, just get a little bit of that film work in you. That's all. Oh, I'm definitely going to start using it as like confirmation bias. And so I can yeah, send it to go. Aaron and be like, hey, you remember how I told you I don't like this player? Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I, I thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Anytime you know you want to talk Debbie and up, uh, you know, hit me up. I, I could talk about this stuff all night. Absolutely, and we will definitely take you up on that. Aaron, do you have any words of wisdom before we get out of here? No, no, those were excellent words of wisdom. That, that's all from me. Good show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much, Brandon, for jumping on. We hope to have you back on very soon, and we'll take you up on that offer. But for now, we're going to go ahead and cash out. See you guys. See ya.